welcome to the first ever Defend the Nest podcast. Sorry it's been so long everybody, uh, and this may not be perfect recording, this is the first time I've ever done this, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but anyway, let's get into it. So I did want to cover the, the goal's most recent game uh, against the Henderson Silver Knights. Um, I won't call them the Daft Punk tribute band for this one because they weren't actually wearing the silver helmets. Um, and just just a brief recap because it's actually fading from my memory. Re, uh, my memory. Uh, but I do remember the first period was pretty good. Uh, actually, more than pretty good. It's the best first period I've ever seen them play all season. Um, <clears throat> other takeaways from the game. Gooley was overtly physical, more so than usual, and I'm noticing that a lot about him since he's come back. Um, I'm not sure what's up with him. I'm not sure if he's been instructed to be more physical or what's going on there. But I haven't seen so much of the speed he, uh, you know, that used to be the main facet of his game. It's more so he seems to have just tried to adapt to a more physical style. Um, so yeah, watch that space. I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, what else can I talk about with regards to that game? Um, they were doing really well. There was sort of a turning point, and I'm not going to bag on Trevor Carrick all the time. I'm saying that I'm not doing that, but uh, his second period penalty felt like a turning point in that the goals had momentum for pretty much the entire game up until that point, and then Silver Knights had the power play. Uh, didn't score on that power play, but just had it added. Um, they, got, they, got, they got to flip the script a little bit from that point. The goals, you know, still played really well for the rest of the game, but um, it, that penalty kind of seemed to lead them back into it. Um, but at the end of the day, the goals were pretty much beat by an NHL-caliber goalie, um, and I just saw today Oscar Dansk, Dansk, Dansk has been called up to the Vegas Golden Knights, so yeah. There you go. Um, and so yeah, that's that's my brief game cover. I'll get into the more nitty-gritty things that I'd like to talk about now. Um, first off, I get asked this a lot. Where is Jacob Perot? So, he's injured. He's been injured since the goals game against the Ontario Reign. The last game they played. So I'm just looking that up now. That was the beginning of the month. That was Wednesday, the 3rd of March. Uh, an overtime win for the goals. Um, I have been meaning to go back to rewatch that game to see if I can spot exactly what happened. But uh, that might be redundant now because I just, as was seen today and I tweeted about it, um, Brent Skates Jr. has been released from his PTO, which is a baffling move unless that means some players are coming back from injury. So, fingers crossed, Jacob Perot is coming back. I mean, he's well due. He's been out since the beginning of the month. Um, also injured is Jack Bedini. He's been out since actually even longer than Pro, I believe. Um, and yeah, I'd assume Gates Jr. had been injured, but I'm because given he was held out for the last game, but uh, I'm actually assuming he might be sent back to Tulsa. Um, and possibly Max Gollard because he was also held out for the last game, but then that could also be Kevin Deneen purposely holding him out to ice a heavier lineup because he's done that against the Silver Knights in their last encounter. Um, so yeah, there you go on injuries. Sorry I can't tell you more, but watch out for these game, this weekend's games. Hopefully we will see at least Perot or Bedini back in the lineup. Um, just because right now the goals have, if we're looking at the website, they have 13 forwards on their roster, and that's not including Golod because they still haven't updated the website. Um, strangely, they've put Brent Gates on there, but not him. Um, so technically 14 forwards. Uh, as you know, they need 12. Um, they still ice 
more defensemen, but I guess it's, again, due to the injuries. Um, and they have 11 defenders on the website. Um, so, yeah, it's still, it's still a weird mix of more defensemen than forwards. And let's hope that next year is way different. Um, actually, yeah, let's segue. Speaking of next year, uh, you might have seen that I tweeted it and was uh, giving updates on the Minnesota Golden Gophers game in the NCAA. NCAA. Um, Blake McLaughlin had himself a game in the championship. Um, so he had, I believe, three goals. No, it wasn't a hat-trick. Uh, he had the empty net goal, opening goal, and assisted on two others. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but pretty much his coach said that he outplayed Cole Caulfield, so that's that's a that's a I mean that's his coach saying that, but still that that's always nice to hear. Um, and so I was just curious because I had it in the back of my mind that McLaughlin's probably due to turn pro soon, and yep, he's in his junior junior year. So um, based on history, most players do turn pro after their junior year, though he does the option has have the option to go for his final year at college. Um, but anyway. Hopefully he does sign pro, uh, sign a contract after the um, upcoming NCAA tournament, and could maybe spend some time with the goals at the end of the season. Um, right, so back to the weird mix of forwards and defensemen. Um, so far, the goals have been playing Briard, Drew, Wa, and Kanzig as forwards. Um, Drew has been playing exclusively as a forward for I don't know. It feels like all eight games now. <laughs> Um, and he actually looked pretty good for a couple of games. Um, it's, I can, I can understand it's very difficult to completely switch to positions, especially in a pro, I can't even imagine what it'd be like at a pro level. Um, so kudos to to all of them. Um, and yeah, particularly Briard and Drew are doing the best at it. Uh, Briard more so, but, um, they aren't exactly consistent with it, and that's the concern, is it's not their natural position. So, you know, he'll have really good games, and then he'll just not. So, yeah, he's hoping that they can have some sort of more natural forward heavy lineup moving forward. Um, possibly with the Ducks having some players return from injury, or even the upcoming trade deadline, maybe having some more acquisitions come in. Um... But on that, Bruyard has actually looked really good. I didn't know much about him to start the season. Um, that most recent game against the Silver Knights, they had a little piece on him uh, between periods. And so I actually, that's that's really my bad, but I had no idea. He'd actually already played for the Marlies. Um, had a very brief stint with the Leafs. I mean, the Marlies, but, you know, within the Leafs system. Um, and had a has a promising pro career. He just decided to do... Uh, McGill University for a bit, get a degree, and now that he's done with that, he's uh, back to trying his hand at making the NHL, and um, I like what I see from him so far. Um, I wish I could see him more as a defense, like playing his natural position as a defenseman, um, but I'm sure we'll get there eventually. But I I do love that the uh, the Ducks and Gulls seem to find these unsigned, um, undrafted. Uh, talented players out of Quebec. They all seem to be coming out of Quebec. I wish I knew who is the magician that's finding them out there. Um, I remember jokingly saying that it was probably Bo- Francois Beauchemin. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure it's more than just him and there's, they've got some 
some good scouts hanging around there. Um, what else can I say? Ah, oh, yes. Oh, another thing that might be uh, sort of an ed educational piece. Um, also, particularly with the recent sending down of Braden Tracy back to the WHL. Uh, so, if AHL fans or girls fans, if you're not aware, you, some of you most likely are, but um, if a player is drafted out of a CHL league, so Canadian Hockey League has three, four leagues, um, WHL, OHL, um, and the QMGHL, so three leagues, sorry, yeah. Um, if a player is drafted out at any one of those leagues, there's an agreement in place between the CHL and NHL that means, or dictates, that they cannot play for an AHL team. If they're, it's either the NHL or CHL until they're 20. Um, so that's why you see players pretty much stick around the CHL until they're 20 and, to, and, and then get the call up. Uh, if they're super, super talented, like the Conor McDavid's, um, they jump right into the NHL. Um, but, yeah. And that, that rule is in place to protect the CHL uh, from financial ruin, essentially, because there's a lot of small clubs, a lot of small towns, and um, talented players are what bring the funds in, essentially. People f travel from far and wide. Um, Scott Wheeler had a good comment on it. I'm sure it was Scott Wheeler. I just can't find the tweet right now, but I'm sure it was him that said, you know, when everyone was debating, um, look at all these players because of this COVID season. Look at all these CHL players that are just straight dominating the AHL. It's clear that they're not good enough. Uh, they're too good for the CHL and need to, you know, play in the second best league in the world. Um, he, he had a sort of pushback on that saying, uh, first off, there's a reason that agreement's in place. It's to protect the CHL and their um, smaller clubs um, because if they don't have, for example, a Jamie Drysdale uh, where p people would travel from far and wide to come see him play, they don't have the gate sales. They don't have people coming in to see them. Um, and then secondly, uh, I'm not entirely sure I completely agree with him on this, but he's saying the AHL is a bit more watered down this season. Um, a lot more veterans are sitting out, a lot of players, and I do agree with him on this part, a lot of the better players are sitting on taxi squads. Um, so, yeah, fair call. Um, I don't agree entirely with him saying that it's watered down. I mean, the Pacific definitely isn't. Uh, but, yeah, he could be talking more about certain teams in the East. Um, so, I, from my thoughts on that... Um, I kind of, I can see both sides of the story. I mean, I don't want Jimmy Drysdale to go back to the OHL. Um, or Jack Burrow for that matter, but I really don't want Jamie Drysdale to go back. And uh, listening to the Around the A podcast, if you've ever listened to that, it's actually a really good listen. Um, Patrick Williams is on there, made a really good comment about the situation, um, saying it's been muted, uh, muted, sorry, that possibly players, or maybe in the future, as an idea to sort of compromise, um, NHL teams could designate at least one player that they can keep in the AHL um, that's underage, and then, you know, the rest have to play in the CHL. And, you know, that's an interesting take, because depending on the draft year, 
um, because there's ebbs and flows in terms of talent year to year. Um, some teams may not even opt to have their best CHL player come play in the NHL, feeling that, you know, it's not going to be great for the development. Um, but where needed, it's it, it, it helps both, both teams, well, maybe not so much the CHL, but at least it protects them somewhat from not being completely decimated by all 31 teams, soon to be 32. Um, and yeah, I, I like his idea there because again I don't want to see Jamie Drysdale go down to the CHL um, and yeah there's an update on that the OHL I saw this week um, have got plans for a return to play now so keep an eye on that hopefully it doesn't event to too much before the AHL closes because we actually we're at the end of March now almost and um, so we've got till mid-May-ish, I'm just looking at the schedule, yeah, mid-May, so, if they're going to start, hopefully they don't start till (laughs) mid-May, that'd be great, Um, but yeah, the world's opening up again, and things are getting closer to um, normal, so, there might, there might be some some situations there, Um, I'm starting to ramble now. Um, so, I, I realize this isn't super brief, I haven't talked about a whole lot, but those are the only topics I just wanted to cover on this. Um, I think next time I will throw out the, uh, tweet for people to ask questions and I'll, I'll answer them on here. Um, also just wanted to say, I have got, from watching all these other games lately, um, it's, it's not as great watching the same Pacific Division teams over and over, but, I mean, it's better than nothing. Um, and what I do like watching about, uh, do like watching about these other teams is seeing their, their players that I don't know much about and, uh, sort of mentally putting them in the back of my head. Um, for future reference, I did an article on it last year where it's sort of, it was pretty much my, uh, wish list of, of players, that I noted while the girls played them. Um, there was Max, a uh, guy in the Oilers. He's not on the Condors this year, but a uh, Russian kid really sort of stood out to me. And it's pretty sad that I can't remember his name right now, but um, I did write about him. And also, a guy in Grand Rapids, a defender, who was very good too, but I actually realized he was a bit older, so um, maybe not so much, but... This isn't sounding like a great tease, but I, I'm going to do another article on it coming up, um, particularly in relation to the Ducks looking like they're going to be completely clearing house at the deadline. Um, so if they're looking to bring back other teams' prospects, um, I'm, there's a lot of the more notable ones, but uh, I've you know picked up on some from watching these girls' games. I don't know if you go, you all agree with me, but um, f- from the girls' games against the uh, Silver Knights. Um, Dorofiev, uh has really stood out to me. He didn't so much in that last game, but those two games in Henderson, he pretty much ran their offense. Um, so yeah, that's that's a, that's a tease for at least one one player that you know is going to be on that list. Um, but yeah, get excited hopefully for this trade deadline. Um, it's uh, looking like they are 
finally possibly embracing the rebuild. Um, and that means more prospects coming our way. Possible slash, um, possibly slash draft picks, though. Uh, there's been a couple of disheartening comments from Murray regarding wanting those. Um, doesn't make entire sense to me because, as it's been noted for this draft, more than any draft whatsoever, it's going to be a total crapshoot because a lot of leaks have been shut down, no people, no players have been up to play, so nobody's been able to scout them. Um, so yeah, the first round should be hopefully clear in terms of in terms of talent level and who should go where. Though it's not as clear cut as last year where there was you know the definite top three. This time apparently it's it's could be even top eight going anywhere um, from one to eight. But after that first round, it's anybody's guess and you could land a really talented player in the third or fourth round uh, just because no one's been able to scout them. So if there's any time that you want to compile and just stock load draft picks, it's this draft. Um, and as we've all heard, um, as opposed to last year's draft, which was heavy on skilled forwards, this year's draft is heavy on skilled defensemen. Um, and I'm, again, not complaining that the Ducks got Drysdale, but uh, it'll be it, they can't really miss on getting another good defenseman on this one. Um, and yeah, oh, that's another tease. I will do another uh, depth assessment to um, uh, sort of give an indication of what position should be targeted for this coming draft. Um, spoiler alert, they should probably take another goalie. I'm not saying that the future's not looking great there, but they haven't taken one in the last draft, and that was very strange of them. Um, they usually take at least one. So, uh, anyway, that should be it. That's almost 20 minutes of me rambling to you. Um, hope you like that. I will try to do this at least once a week. Please send me your questions. Um, you can follow me on Defend the Nest SD on Twitter um, and on my website, defendthenest.com. If you live in San Diego and you really care about the girls and love writing, um, feel free to hit me up. I've been looking for a local writer um, for a while. Okay, yeah, just as somebody to help me out, um, it'd be neat to have somebody on the ground too that can like interview the players and stuff. Um, and yeah, love you guys. Stay safe. Wear your masks and stuff. Um, get your vaccinations. Um, can't wait till I can see you all at the games on TV. One day I'll, I'll get to America eventually. I mean, I did 2019, but I'll come back again when I'm, when I'm allowed to. Um, yeah, signing off.